Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network episode time on 24, an episode recap on 24. Of course, it's an episode you've downloaded it. You're listening to it. You know it's an episode of the podcast. What a stupid introduction, Ben. We're here to talk about episode 16. It's not stupid. This is a great episode of 24, season three. First aired on the 30th of March, 2004, 12 days after my birthday. And was that like eight days after your birthday? Nine days after your birthday? Something like that. Look at me remembering Colin's birthday. (laughs) It was uh, written by Evan Katz and Stephen Cronish, uh, directed by Kevin Hooks. Production number 3AFF16. We always get told off for never saying that. Not really. Uh, And this is a great episode. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm ready. Let's do this. My name is Ben, and Colin, I'm bringing you a problem, but I'm also bringing you the solution. And as you no doubt have guessed, my name is Colin. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> Saunders literally says, as you no doubt have guessed. Uh, what was, what was, um... The Matrix. The Matrix, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, that was off something too, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. I am Morpheus. Um, <laughs> this is a this is a great episode. This is a an episode that basically I think it it just everything about it is tense. Everything about it is great. It's so well acted. Uh, Saunders shines in this episode. The Palmer drama is so batshitly crazy. It's kind of awesome. Um, Jack doesn't have a lot to do this episode, but what he does is kind of cool. Michelle becomes a badass this episode. Uh, Gael bleeds a lot. Um and Doug Savan is still in it. Uh you are kind of inept. Paul Blackthorn Blackthorn is beautiful. Uh everything about this episode is great. Uh yeah, I I, I kind of have a feeling I'm not gonna be as high on it as you are, but I still think this is a fantastic episode. Um I'm I'm still I'm not gonna say I'm on the fence. I mean, I I definitely don't dislike Saunders, but you're more of the Saunders fanboy. Uh, I'm finding though in this episode, one of the most interesting things for me is a lot of the things that initially bothered me about Saunders now on a rewatch, I'm like, well, that's actually kind of what I like about him. So, uh, once we get later in the season, uh, I might be a huge fan, but yes, there's a lot of bleeding in this episode, a whole lot of bleeding. All the blood, all the blood. Um, as we often usually start off with, let's get Palmer drama out of the way with, um, so we don't, it takes a while until we get Palmer in this episode, I feel, isn't it? Like it's about quarter of the episode in, like it's, we don't get really anything until, um, or am I thinking of something? There's, I mean, I don't have that many notes this week, but I mean, it probably in the first half, there's a scene between him and Wayne. Yeah, no, that's what I'm thinking. That's the first scene because I'm skipping through it here right now. And I'm like, geez, we don't get him for quite some time. But yeah, it's it's Wayne and him. Is this where they have the uh, the fight? 
Uh, mm-hmm. Wayne and David, they get up in each other's grill. They get up in each other's face. They're all uh, kind of like, oh, grr, 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 grr. What are you, what are you, what are you doing, old Huggy Bear? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, Huggy Bear? <laughs> um, so, uh, what are they even fighting about? I don't even think I've really read that. Oh, what is It's, it's, it's actually a really funny scene, though. <laughs> it's funny because it's them, like, that they're, they're, they're most uptight and just throwing around essentially insults at each other that sound very juvenile. It's like, uh, who do you think you're talking to? An ex-president. <laughs> if, if, if this goes badly, well, do your job then and don't uh, let that happen. <laughs> I've jumped ahead. Okay, so sorry, 24 fans, because, yes, that is a great scene, but uh, I knew there was a scene before that. So, basically, there is a scene with Wayne and David. Basically, Wayne's just kind of like, hey, um, you know, the hotel, this is bad. Uh, call the governor, but just get him on standby just in case. And it's like, all right, cool. And Sherry comes in and Sherry has a great line that I had the uh, opening interaction with. Look, David, I'm bringing you a problem, but I'm also bringing you a solution. And then I love, I love Sherry. here. She's like, David, I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'm like, Come on, David. Even you, like, she is telling the truth. But even David's just like, oh, bullshit. Just sit your fucking ass down and tell me whatever bullshit you tell. So basically, Sherry does tell the truth. She says that, yep. So what really happened is that Milliken went to get his pills. Um, I didn't let him have them. He died. Uh, Julie has told the cops the truth, but I lied to the cops and said that I was with you. So can you lie to the cops? Uh, and basically, David, being Mr. Noble David, that's murder. No, not murder, uh, David. Uh, and I don't know why Sherry or Wayne never pulls him up on it because it's not murder. Um, manslaughter, maybe. I don't know. Like third degree murder. But I mean, I don't know all the people I've killed. I've gotten away with it, but just not living their pills. And as I mentioned last week, again, a lawyer could surely quash this in court because, again, how do you directly prove that one pill would have stopped his heart like from dying? So it's kind of like, you know, if anything, you've prevented him from getting some care. Like, I, I take a high cholesterol pill every morning. If I don't, like, if I don't take that by 9 a.m., I'm like, ah, die. It's like if Colin, like, breaks into my house, like, Ben, no, don't take your pill. No, I'm going to take it. Ah, die. Like, I've skipped it a day or two because I've forgotten and I'm alive. So, you know, <laughs> don't know if that's how medicine works. But anyway, in this universe, it does. Um but I, I love here what 24 Wiki writes. President Palmer seems incredulous, um, which, again, Sherry is just amazing here because Sherry is just basically like, if you don't tell the truth and I've got arrested by the cops, I'm bringing you down and I'm telling everyone the truth and that's not going to be a good look for you. So Palmer is really backed into a corner here. I love it. And, like, again, kind of shows Palmer just being a bit shit sometimes because then when he's got this fight with Wayne... Uh, and basically Wayne's, uh, Palmer's all like, oh, but I'm going to lie. I don't want to lie. It's like, why doesn't Wayne bring up like he did a couple of weeks ago? Where he's just like, um, yeah, you're going to do that with, uh, Wendy Cruson earlier on the se- uh, earlier on the season. Like, you know, it was okay if you didn't do it then, but now, uh, it's not okay. Um, and then, yeah, I, one thing I will say between this scene, although it's a bit like, you know, dramatic, like it's, oh, I'm, t- who do you think you're talking to? An ex-president. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which again, is a bit dramatic, but like, God, these two are good together. D.B. Woodside and Dennis, 
uh, Hazbert. Um, there he is. It's Dennis. Dennis is back. Um, just yelling at each other, having a great scene. It's so good. And then basically it all ends, you know, then back and forth. Like, oh, I've got to tell the truth. And it's like, no, you must do this to cover it up because, you know, you were the one who ordered Sherry here. So it's all on you. And it's like, I didn't ask her to murder someone. And is it, is it Wayne or somebody says like, oh, what do you expect? Like a dead body is going to show up? It's Sherry. Of course it is. Like, um, <laughs> but then I love it how this scene ends. Uh, Dave is like, that is enough. Get me the chief of police. And it's like, do you know what time it is? I don't care. Wake him. Get me the chief of police. And this is like 4.30 a.m. Chief of police rocks up at what, like 10 minutes later. So again, everyone- In full uniform. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he's gotten up. He's done his hair. He's put his pins on. What, meet the press? Like, like it's, it's 20 minutes later. So unless he is in the hotel- like literally, okay. So get me the get me the chief of police. Wayne walks to another room. Two minutes later, did 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 did. Hello, LAPD. <laughs> it's uh White House chief of staff Wayne Palmer. Can you connect me through to the chief of police? Uh, sir, it's uh four in the morning. Yes, this is an important matter. Okay, I'll try him. Yeah, ring, 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 <coughs> ring, 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 ring. Hello. Oh, hi, Mrs. Chief. Uh, is your <laughs> husband there? Oh, it's four in the morning. Is there an emergency? Yes, I need to speak to him. Okay. Uh, Mr. Chief, this is Wayne Palmer. Hello, Wayne. How are you? Good. Yeah, not bad. How are you? Good. Yep. Great. Uh, look, the president needs to speak to you. Uh, the president? Yes, the president. Why? There will be a matter that involves the president. You will be briefed on the way in. Can you come in? Oh, just got to get up. I guess I could. Just got to put my uniform on, you know, brush my teeth, have a quick coffee. No, we need you in a minute. Oh, okay, I'll put my uniform at least. Gets Before up. the oh. hour is up stretches, you know, kisses the wife. Oh, sorry, honey, got to go in a bit early this morning. All right, oh, all right. goes to the toilet, probably drops a couple of nuggets in the toilet. It's been a big ne- big night, you know. <laughs> gets dressed, sprays a bit of cologne on him, you know, gets in the car, calls up, you know, Secretary Jenny. Jenny, how you doing? What's going on? Why am I in the present? Oh, I should bring out to speed, Chief of Police. Uh, David Palmer's ex-wife is potentially a murderer. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, so you just need to go there and clarify that she's telling the truth. Okay, all of that is done in 20 minutes. And then in the car, rocks up, and then literally walks in. Mr. Chief of Police, Mr. President, take a seat. So, Mr. President, yes, Chief of Police. Um, I believe that uh, Sherry could have been at the scene of uh, Alan Milliken dying. Uh, she's cla- uh, Julia is claiming that she was there. Yes, I've heard of this. So, Mr. President, is Sherry telling the truth? Yes, she is. She was with me. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. You're Thank welcome. Thank you for Have bringing nice me in day. at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> Gets up, shakes his hand. Wayne's there. Why would she lie? <laughs> Beats me. Bitches be bitches, if you know what I'm saying. Lol. Enjoy <laughs> <laughs> the day. Good luck on the re-election. Okay, bye. Like, yeah, that's all that happens. But can I just point out, the holes in this story, which, again, Sherry is not getting away with this. There is a witness who saw a light-coloured car, possibly a Mercedes, driving off. All this chief of police needs to do, uh, Mrs. Palmer, yes, chief of police, what type of car are you currently driving? Oh, it's a silver <laughs> Mercedes. Thank you for your time. We've got it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I, get, I said last week, not a lawyer. I'm not a cop. But, like, <laughs> they've got evidence that the cameras have been turned off. Beatrice has seen this. They've got a woman who's claiming Sherry Palmer was there. Who's a woman she hasn't seen in three years. That's kind of random. I'm all of a sudden, tomorrow, if I kill someone, 
I'm just going to turn around and be like, yes, James from Survivor Oz was at my house and he can back <laughs> James it up. James Pickering. <laughs> James, I couldn't even remember his last name. That's my point. <laughs> The guy I haven't talked to in like five years. And James Pickering's going to be like, what the fuck? Why is Pip Waterloo saying I was here for a murder? Like, so and then like the cops are just going to go, oh, well. You know why they're not believing Julia? Because she's black. Racist cops. <laughs> if she was white, if Alan Milliken was white, she would be in jail. I'm telling typical LAPD, racist. There you go, Max Dawson. Tweet that out. LAPD. <laughs> racist um so <laughs> the white rich man dies it's oof, don't you know don't take a second glance black man dies no just shit whatever <laughs> um great scene though between uh david and sherry when basically he's just like oh why does this always follow you god damn it your actions are unforgivable <laughs> and then again sherry you said it last week sherry's just like you called me what did you think was going to happen um which again uh, she what does she say like oh we none of us knew how this situation was going to turn out and it's worked out in your favor you wanted alan gone he's gone and then i love david's like i despise what you've done get out of my sight and slams the door now if i'm not mistaken i know i got this very correct in season one think i'm pretty sure this is the last ever time these two are ever in a room together I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Three percent <laughs> sure. Um but I mean it's it's a bit dramatic. Again, pick all the plot holes apart here. Sherry's going to jail. But like it's tense and spoiler alert, it's gonna bring down the president at the end of this season. So you you summed it up last week, you forget how kind of weirdly entertaining this is, even though it's kind of a bit batshit crazy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is Sherry's uh, plan that she put, very subtly put in place last week coming out. Um, I, I'm really curious on this rewatch to see how much of it, because obviously we've already alluded towards it. You know, David's not going to be president next season, mostly as a result of this. But but like, does, does he really accept accountability for this or like? I'm kind of waiting for that moment where David's like, oh, you know, I'm in this massive mess now, but I kind of did this to myself. Like, cause he really did. I mean, yes, Sherry has done all this, but like it was on David's orders and all that. And when he brings the chief of police in like that, that is kind of like the smoking gun. Like if this ends up one day in some type of impeachment hearing, it's gonna be like, well, let's bring in chief of police here. who got called in at 4 30 AM. You're watched this more recently than I have. Like, how how much of this really does come down to like David being like I screwed up and not just oh this is going to look bad for me? I, I'm pretty sure it is all of it. Like I'm pr- from memory, it is David like I screwed up. Like no, nah, no, nah, this is mm. this is too far. Like because um what's going to happen with Sherry and that later on in the season? Um, so I'm pretty sure because I um, and again it's yeah. probably just like having only watched this season all the way through the one time. You, you have certain memories, just the way you perceive things. I always sort of perceive this being like, well, David realized that there was no way he was going to survive this. So he's like, I'll step down. But yeah, you know, I'm waiting for that moment. I'm not I, saying like, oh, David deserves this. But like, you you don't want, we're, we're discovering so much more and more what a terrible president David is, but he always believes he's right. Like, I want that moment where he's going to be like, 
yeah, you know what? Uh, I kind of suck at this job. I think I think it's a bit of both. And I will correct myself. I've just I've read through the synopsis uh, quickly for a few other episodes, and we do get one more Sherry and David scene. So there is another one. Oh, uh, but I, of course. But but Sherry, like I will say right now, we don't actually get Sherry for the next four or five episodes. So she uh, is not in the next four episodes. She finally get gets to go to sleep because we're she like does. two weeks in a row. I'm trying to nap here. <laughs> <laughs> Poor woman. She's been scheming and everything like that. But, yeah, no, I, I'm pretty from yeah memory. It's mainly David going, oopsie, that's a bit bad. I'm going to step down. But I think, you know, it's everything kind of piles up on that there. So, yeah. Um, I kind of want to do the Jack because the Jack stuff really, like, obviously it comes to a crescendo at the end. But, I mean, I just feel like the Jack and Amador stuff is, we can kind of breeze through that because everything else is really yeah. CTU connected. So, because uh, it connects to the hotel. So, basically, Jack's... Uh, uh, still interrogating Amador, which, like, I completely forgot, like, because you see them wrapping this bandage on his hand, so I completely forgot this whole plot of, like, letting him escape, because I'm thinking, like, last week he's all like, grr, cut his hand, and when he wakes up, cut it again. Uh, now they're like, oh, would you like some medical treatment? <laughs> um, <laughs> CTU's healthcare cover is the number one in the country. Uh, would you like us to provide you with some Band-Aids and some lollipops to fix your boo-boo there, Mr. Amador? Um, but it's actually a... A cool plan. Uh, this is this is. I said last week. I jumped ahead where Jack's like on the phone to Chappelle, saying like, um, Chappelle's like, bring him in for questioning. And Jack's like, no, I'm gonna keep him in here. And Chappelle, as always, is like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> doormat Chappelle's back. <laughs> He's seriously, you know, what it is. He's uh, Will Ferrell from Austin Powers. It's like I can't ask. I can't stand to be asked the same question three times. Where? Who is? Uh, where is Doctor Evil's secret lair? I won't tell you. Where is Doctor Evil's secret lair? I won't tell you. Fine. Where is Doctor Evil's secret lair? Damn it! Three times. <laughs> Got me again. <laughs> like that's what Chappelle is like here. He's like, bring him in for questioning. No. Bring him in for questioning. No. Bring him in for questioning. No. Okay. <laughs> literally what it is uh amador escapes i guess it kind of ties into saunders here saunders is just basically the man on the phone this episode um so saunders is on the phone to amador and amador's all like oh they're not definitely not following me it's like oh well you know what to do uh meanwhile it's kind of clever because like jack and chase have let him go they're like following like four blocks away but they're tracking him because they've put a tracker in his uh bandage clever jack well done jack and uh, so Amador does like a couple of loops of the city. It's just, it's not busy in LA at four in the morning. Of course, this is how big cities like this actually work. They just completely go empty at this time in the morning. I'm sure even Winnipeg has fucking traffic at four o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, basically Jack follows uh, Amador. They, Amador's going to a rendezvous point because he's going to get uh, some money and tickets to get out of the country. And this is again why to me Saunders is so fucking good. Saunders knows Jack because like Saunders says on the phone to Amador, was Jack Bauer interrogating you? As I guess he was. Yeah. Hmm. Meet Jenkins on block 7C of Wilshire Boulevard. Blah, blah, blah. I'm British. I'm Paul Blackthorne. Um, <laughs> and God, I love Paul Blackthorne. Uh, but so Amador meets up at this rendezvous point. Poor Johnny the Fall Guy here. Like, <laughs> here's your money, Amador. Yay, money. Boom. Blah. Who's this guy? What did he do to piss Saunders off? <laughs> Um, so poor guy. Uh, so, uh, Amador, rip Amador, rip fall guy. Saunders obviously knows that, uh, uh, Amador was being followed. Always on top of things. Then you're on top of things. 
Poor old Amador's dead. Uh, Jack and Chase run to the car. Do love the convenience of there being no corpses in this car when you see the empty seats. Um, we get a loud, a very loud, damn it, from Jack, our eighth of the season. Uh, and then the phone rings, and who is it? It's Stephen Saunders. But maybe, sh- shall I do, I, I guess I could do the cliffhanger last. I could do the cliffhanger now. I yeah. mean, do it last? Yeah, yeah no, just right. do it now. I'll do it now. Okay, so Saunders... Rings Jack. And anyway, I should say, we still don't know Saunders' name. We only know Saunders' name because of the previously on. Where they like, I swear they should just put question mark. Because even <laughs> C, even uh, C24 Wiki literally says, a British man. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> British man. Hello, I'm British. Um, but he rings up. Uh, just, oh, this, this last scene, like, there's another scene which I want to nominate for top five. And, like, this is not even, I don't know. There's just something about this scene where I just love it. It's just like, Hello, Jack. Like, it just, it does not remind you of Goldeneye, Trevelyan ringing up. Hello, James. Um, and just, again, but like the thing that's so good about this is Jack still doesn't even know who this is because this whole episode, Jack's been like, ah, Amador says this guy knows who I am. Cross check everybody I've worked with, both good or bad. Go, 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 go. Um, damn it. Uh, and Saunders is just basically like, I'm the man in control of all the vials. I know what you're doing, and I know this. And from this point on, I'm in control here. So you're going to connect me with a friend of yours. I love Jack's like, what do you want? You want money? Um, mm-hmm. I also just point out Kevin Sutherland's great acting. He's just like literally like looking around. Like if you look at his little box in his corner, he's just staring around, looking around like Jack's always looking. Um, so connecting with a friend of his. Who's a friend of his? Oh, David, he's bestie. Hey, going, hey, what's up, Dave? Yeah, not bad. I've just got a guy on the phone. He wants to chat with you. You know, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, to which we got Saunders on the phone with Palmer. I fucking love this ending so much. And this is just, again, why Saunders is so awesome. Literally the second episode, and he's already on the phone to the president, basically saying, <laughs> I'm in control of this country. Like, how fucking good is this? Like, doesn't waste any time. And he's just literally like... Hello, Mr. President. I've got these vials and I can basically do whatever the fuck I want with them. So, uh, yeah, not if you're there. And what is Pump say? Like, I'm listening. And he's like, good. I want you to know that from this point on, you are no longer in charge of this country. I am. And it's like, oh, beep, beep, beep. Like, come on. Like, I would love to see. Surely you're getting sold on this guy. Because, like, two episodes in. We met this guy last week. It's not like we've seen him for, like, ten episodes and this has been the grand plan. Literally two episodes in, and this guy has the ball straight away to just basically like, Jack, I know who you are. You're not going to know who I am. Put me on the president. How you doing, president? This country's mine now, sucker. Like, so good. Like, this is just why I love him. He's just so, like, to the point, such a badass, and he's holding America hostage within, like, two hours of being introduced to us. It's brilliant. Yeah, I, I think Saunders is introduced so slowly here. Like you said, there's no name. Uh, there's no fanfare about him or anything. Um what we're going to get later on with the revelation of the connection to Jack and all that, you know, is something that I, as I said last week, I originally wasn't crazy about, uh, but the way that it is revealed here, it, it, it works so much better. I think this is one of these things that works so much better on a rewatch because, mm-hmm. you know, now there's something big with Saunders coming, but the way the show's presenting it, like you're not suspecting this guy's anything other than random British man, like you said, with no name. A British uh, man. <laughs> a British man, possibly with villainous affiliations. Uh, he's really nothing more than that. So when you get this all coming down, like he's just the guy in the background, you get that, you know, Amador is a little bit afraid of him, that maybe he has some type of power. He, he mentions Jack's name. And then you jump from that to, 
this guy is suddenly, like you said, gotten himself on a conference call with the president of the United States just by asking, like, how does he pull this off? That is the moment that actually tells you this guy is the real deal. And yet we haven't gotten the backstory yet. We haven't gotten anything more than just, uh, oh, I'm quite familiar with Jack Bauer. Uh, how does he know that name? <laughs> That's basically all this is. Uh, it's done so well. And I don't think I, I don't think there's any way a person can appreciate this on first viewing. You kind of have to know what Saunders is going to amount to it. But but still, like the fact that this guy out of nowhere gets the president on the phone like that is a fantastic villain moment that tells you this guy's a villain. So yeah, already a little bit turned around on Saunders here. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know if I have that much else to add. Uh, I, I like, you know, the, the arguments between David and uh, Wayne. <laughs> and like I said, one of the fun things about it is it is kind of childish because this is where even if it's not executed perfectly, I like to see what their intention was. And their intention is obviously like the stress is really getting these guys. And whoever wrote this episode, I can't remember you mentioned at the top. Um, they, they do a good job here with them just suddenly like melting down and saying things to each other. Like I kind of joked, like you're going to be an ex-president at this rate. And it's like, well, then do your job and that won't happen, right? <laughs> they, they, the stress is getting these guys and you're starting to feel it. Uh, and we're also finally tying in the virus plot to this, which is what's really going to make the whole Milliken storyline become more pressing. Because what I like about the Milliken storyline is that it is something shady that's going on. It is something that that's up until this point been the distraction for David. And now you've added the virus thing in here. You've, you've, you've made double the workload for David Palmer at 4am when, like you said, he should be sleeping like Sherry. Uh, but uh, now from this point going forward, both plots are really going to be important to David. So the Milliken storyline is just going to get more and more tense going forward because we know he doesn't have time to deal with up until now. This is the only thing he had time for. He's like, I'm either going to be taking a nap or I'm going to be killing Alan Milliken. Like it's one or the other. Uh, Evan Katz and Stephen Cronish. Well, good job. Um, Yeah, I think it's a good point. Like it's definitely pays off on a rewatch, but I also think at the same time, like, watching it for the first time because it's just the the mystery of everything again is this guy who's like as you say like straight away controlling the president but it's also the case of like he knows jack and we're like well who is this guy how does he know jack like i remember watching this for the first time I'm like who is this guy like how does he know like what's going on and that's where i love the reveal about like why he's connected to it it's kind of it's very season one-ish in where it's kind of like you're trying to work out this connection between palmer and david and uh, palmer and jack and why you know, this whole assassination plot is going headed for the revenge for the Drazen. So I don't know. It's just, it's kind of like subtle little things like that. They kind of all pay off in the end with it all. And it's, uh, Saunders just does it so well. Um, before I move on, uh, I mentioned last week about how Keeper's in some random ad. Uh, I found it. Um, I love how this article uh, advertises it as designated survivor star Keeper Sutherland to front new campaign. Um, good show. Not a great show. Solid show. 24 star Keeper Sutherland. Hello. Uh, plus star Keeper Sutherland. <laughs> well, they've written here the Hollywood star behind The Fugitive. That show that lasted five minutes on that, like two seconds. I still want to watch that. I still not watch it. 24 and designated that. 24 in the middle after The Fugitive. Um, the So it's a company called Plus 500, a city trading platform. And apparently. Uh, it is targeted at financially sophisticated customers. Um, and you will see Kiefer Sutherland billboards 
across London, uh, as well as ads appearing in London, Germany, Italy, Holland, and Australia. Sorry, Canada. You don't get the plus 500 Keeper Sutherland ads. Do, would you like me to find one and send it to you after this recording? They're not that great. Absolutely, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I still remember, like, um, nowadays it's not that unusual to see celebrities doing commercials, but I remember probably still while 24 was on the air, maybe, like, later when 24 was on the air in the later seasons, uh, both Dennis Haysbert and Kiefer Sutherland narrated car commercials. Wasn't and Dennis, once upon a time, that was the face big... of an insurance company? Wasn't, like, yeah, I yeah, yeah, seen I think... those ads. Yeah, yeah, I definitely remember that one too. But uh, I remember back when the biggest deal was Kiefer Sutherland and Dennis Haysbert are doing voiceovers for car commercials, mm. and now it's it's not even that unusual to have like a celebrity like Ewan McGregor has that that uh, commercial that he has now. Uh, you know, fucking Sutherland Damon does another crypto thingy. Like the thing <laughs> why is, is it always crypto? But they don't make sense. Like, I mean, is this the ploy of the advertising that people go, "Huh, what was that for?" I'm going to Google that. Like. I will admit there was an ad. I remember when I was in New York and there was this billboard and it was clever because like, I remember being there with Casey, the one who uh, was uh, in bed behind me that one time, not Jen. Um, (laughs) And we were looking at this billboard and it was like, it was like a dog and it was just, I can't remember what the wording was. And it was so like, it got to a point where we were just like, what are they advertising? So we Googled it, uh, which was the goal of the ad. And it was literally a, like an ad within an ad because it was for a Netflix show. And basically the ad led you to like a website, which then you realize was like an ad within a Netflix show to get you to watch this show. So it was very clever. Like I like that. And like, I remember growing up, um, there was a really clever ad for a car yard in Hobart where like, you know, sometimes when you're watching TV and then like the ads come on, so you kind of tune out like back then you weren't on your phone. So maybe you got up and went to the kitchen or something like that. But this ad, like all of a sudden, things would go quiet. So you're hearing all the ads in the background and all of a sudden there was silence. And you're like, oh, did the TV go off? Like, what's going on? So you stuck your head back in the room where you looked up and looked at the TV and realised it was an ad for a car yard and it basically had like subtitles going like, this ad is quiet, deliberately, got your attention. Come into our car yard and buy our great cars where silence isn't an option. And you're like, oh, that's clever. Got my attention. So in other words, Keeper Sutherland got my attention. So um, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck Fortune 500 is or whatever the hell this thing is. Um, plus 500, sorry. So maybe I will become a tech advisor crypto guy because Keith is telling me to. He's looking old dapper in his black shirt and his black suit tux thing. He's in man's living room. I want this to be real. I want to get this app. I want to download plus 500 and I want Keith Sutherland to walk in and be like, Ben, are you going to get your stocks up, damn it? (laughs) <laughs> I, I I have not had the same re- I, I know what you mean Like sometimes you're like Ooh that's interesting Let me find out what this is I have not had the same reaction To the Zendaya water commercial uh, I haven't gone on my way To find out what, what that is. water bottle Zendaya. that is what, like, uh, Why but- is she a thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I honestly don't know. We, we saw the, the I, we went to the movies and we saw the the same water bottle commercial she's in play again. And I'm like, I don't even like her movies. Why do I want to watch her sell me water? I just like, I, I can't imagine there's probably something that exists. If it was like a, a buddy cop film starring Zendaya and Millie Bobby Brown, like I would <laughs> featuring in, in Taylor Swift, though, like, I would probably in, in rather fair- have sex with Colin than watch that movie. In all fairness, though, again, you you've only seen Millie Bobby Brown in the the Godzilla movies, which is like 
the only bad thing she's ever done. But, but that's uh, enough to put me off it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but with 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 Zendaya, it was funny because uh, Jamie is like, "Isn't that the girl from those Spider-Man movies?" I'm like, "Yeah." And five minutes of Dune, which I I think I mentioned this uh, in the review we did for Dune. Not only is she in maybe five minutes of Dune, but she gets star billing. It is basically four of those minutes is one shot of her that just keeps playing over and over again throughout the movie. And she's getting paid how much money to be in one shot? Like, she's making money off water bottles? This one's making way too much money. Just stop it. I do love how you pronounce that. Like, you say Dune. We say, like, June. Like June? Like June. With the, like, almost like June? But there's a yeah. D, though. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. How, like, do, you, I, how I don't, do you pronounce I, D? 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 Yeah, so, but there was a June come from. So that, well, I admit I it, like you I say, say that, June. but like Canadians have things like that too. You know, yeah. like the, you pronounce a letter Craig. slightly differently. Yeah, Craig. Craig. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, uh, there's another one I'm trying to think about. There's another thing that's like very Canadian. Uh, oh, like uh, Fraser. You know, it, mm, it, it's not Fraser. 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 Yeah. Uh, um, Toronto. The always, there's no T in the end. The of one Toronto. that always Toronto. throws me off in your accent. Uh, and I remember like Mallory would like she had a we had a housemate called Aaron. And then she had a friend called Aaron and yeah. two very distinctly different names. But in your accent, it sounds exactly the same. Yeah. So, you don't pronounce Aaron with an E and Aaron with an A any differently. Yeah, like literally what you just said there, it sounded like the same name. So you would turn around yeah. and blah, 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 Aaron. I'm like, wait, is that Aaron or Aaron? Who are you talking about right now? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway, what are we talking about? Why are we talking about Aaron's and Aaron's and <laughs> Keith Sutherland? Commercial Keith for selling crypto. <laughs> Just oh, can I, I just want to send you the link to this page because like um love your keeper but like might be a bit of work going on in his face in this picture I don't know like he's looking a bit like a I don't know a pigeon or an owl or something like that like just just look at his like he's got a beak uh, I think in this picture like he's holding his phone up and he's just looking a bit pinch faced but you're right designated uh, survivor's keeper something. Like I just, I just don't know. Like I was sure he's getting yeah, paid millions. Yeah, that is millions. a weird picture. I know, right? Like I love you, Kev. You're a beautiful man, but like, like I've seen you in person. You are much better looking than that. But like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm like God. I wish I was just this celebrity. Like God, if anyone's, anyone is listening to this, anyone, I will sell anything. Like I will <laughs> sell. Zendaya's autobiography. <laughs> Zendaya and Millie Bobby Brown's buddy I comedy. I cannot stand them, but I am poor. I will sell out my soul to anything, all right? Like, I don't know, like AIDS. It comes up eventually. Like, if there's a pro-AIDS campaign, I will I will front it, all right? We will. Um, Connie Britton has AIDS. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sold by Ben Waterworth. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm on board. Tweet that out, Max Dawson. I know you're going to. Get your minions to tweet me as well. Go on. I, lo- I love how he has minions. Like, this guy <laughs> who people. lasted, what, like, four days has, like, 20 minions who follow every... Like, they're, they're literally like these little scum rockets <laughs> at the bottom of a fish tank who are like, oh, attention, somebody might like this. So then they'll, like, play along. And then we literally have two of our Oslets. You know who I'm talking about. Like, yeah. Oh, he hasn't changed. Pot calling the kettle shit. Um, <laughs> but Mario Lanza's things. on your side. That's what matters. Yeah. Remember when we didn't used to like Mario Lanza? That's yeah. <laughs> See, I could like Millie Bobby Brown in three years. Like, I mean, There you go. <laughs> who knows? Millie Bobby Brown's the, the Mario Lanza and Max Dawson's the Zendaya. Oh, man. <laughs> Max Dawson is the hot in Cleveland of uh, (laughs) 
justify. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That's got some good actors in it. Um, <laughs> he, when was that Viva Lachlan show that Hugh Jackman was in for oh, like one episode? episode. <laughs> Max Dawson is a Viva Lachlan of uh, Survivor <laughs> contestants. He is the emoji movie. Of Survivor contestants. You literally go, why was this a thing? And it was, and it got some attention, unfortunately, but literally everyone else knows it's shit. So um, that's how it works. Anyway, uh, how are we half an hour in? Oh, we've only got one storyline to talk about because there's really no CTU storyline. CTU storyline this week is Tony worried about Michelle and your beloved Nicole Duncan comes back. Um, Yeah, Dr. Nicole. Is she sick? Like she's got a cold. Like do you I, see I, the- she? I think that I, I noticed that too. But I think she just woke up at four in the morning. She's off shift. Maybe, but like this, I don't is, what, know this act- is what everybody sounds like first thing in the morning. <laughs> Maybe the actress like has a cold because she's literally like, hi, Tony, how are you going? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like li- literally, all CTU is Tony's like ringing up people. So what's the mortality rate? Ninety percent fatal. But you're saying that there's 10% chance that it's not fatal. So you're telling me there's a chance. That's correct. So uh, this mixture, because it's been, we find out that it's been mixed with something else. So you're saying this could be even more of a chance of survival. Well, we've got to test it yet. But what you're saying is there might be more of a chance of survival. This is where she literally needs to say like, yeah, but there also could be less of a chance. This could be 100% lethal. Uh, as we're going to find out, it's accelerating the process. So um, I love it. This is also where Tony finds out that Michelle's gone in the building. Damn it, Michelle. Damn it, woman. You never listen to your man. <laughs> is this because what I a- shaved off the soul patch? Exactly. I don't have any, I don't have any command anymore. You know, I'm a man <laughs> in the bedroom with my soul patch. Um, but can I just say, Rekha Owlsworth is amazing this episode. She's looking good in a leather outfit. She's very matrixy this week, but she's also really good this week. Um, I'm just going to breeze through the Chandler Plaza. Anything to add on Tony worried about Michelle here? Because that's all we get from CTU this week. No, that's pretty much it. And he's a one phone call with Dr. Nicole. Uh, and Chappelle. And, and Chappelle. Over by yeah. Jack. And, and where is Chloe even in this episode? I don't think she is. No. I don't so, even think Adam's in it either. No, they've both gone off somewhere else. So uh, anyway, so everything else they're is watching the be- baby. They, they are yeah. <laughs> having a tea party. They're playing My Little Ponies. Um, so this is the part I said free, last free week. Rapid. <laughs> <laughs> Download our signs recap on the Oz Network. Um, but this is where I mentioned last week about how. The big plot hole here is at the beginning of this episode in the hotel and Gael's all like, ah, I've been exposed. How do I turn the fan off? Oh, it's just the panel next to you. Should have been the first thing you do. Kind of your fault, Gael. This entire hotel's infected. If you had it, turned it off. So uh, he's infected. Poor guy. And, but again, the plot holes and the ineptness of CTU here, we literally find out that like, if you are exposed to somebody who has been exposed, you have got a more chance of getting it. Why isn't Gael just like locked in this room straight away? I realize the yeah. whole hotel is contaminated, but this this is like if literally somebody met the first COVID bat and was mm-hmm. like, "How you going, Bruce?" I'm assuming all bats are called Bruce Wayne. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to lick your saliva. All right, come here. Mmm, COVID. Like you're not gonna let that person just walk. Well, that's probably what they did. Thank you. Two years later, global <laughs> pandemic. Lock him up. Simple. Max Dawson. He's a. That's a Max Dawson move. That's that. Yeah. From now on, when something shit happens or when something terrible happens, it's pulling a Max Dawson. There you go. Um, we found a new adjective. So Gail's done a Max Dawson here. Done a shit thing. Cost everyone else uh fun. 
by uh, walking out. Hi, Michelle. How you doing? Lol, just got exposed <laughs> to a deadly virus. What are the odds? What's the game last night? In a while. <laughs> What's the game last night? Also... Uh, why is it that the uh, one Latino character is the one who is like exposed? Like, I, like I'm not, I'm not being that guy, but like, it's He's the only conv- one left. It's yeah, it's a convenient. It's always the Latinos, the African Americans. They're all the ones who are bad or getting diseases. Well, yeah, we, we've lost the Salazars, Claudia. I mean, the, the dad and the, the brother are still alive, but yep. Meanwhile, all the yeah. white folk are just swatting along, having a good old day, <laughs> getting shot in the hand and the neck, and they're healed in the next episode, getting addicted to heroin. Yeah. Here's a pill. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the Latinos, I mean, Milligan's dead, can't get his fucking pills. <laughs> Julie's about to go down for murder. I mean, like... Also, quick question, uh, just on the Milligan storyline, uh, what does it matter to Julia about if, if the cops come back to her and go... Okay, so Sherry said she was with the president, uh, so you're clearly lying. Oh, well, what a shame. Yeah, awkward. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your night, Miss <laughs> uh, Milliken. Like, it's not like they've got her for... Like, they've got no evidence for her that she's done anything wrong. So yeah. it's kind of like, okay. Um, anyway, so uh, Michelle and Gael are all like, oh, no, this is all in the hotel. And uh, we've got Doug Savant here who's all like, what do we do? What do we do? And it's like, keep everyone uh, in their rooms. Disable the fire alarm, you know, and people won't be up for about another hour. We're going to jam all the signals of the cell phones. And I love Michelle here is all like, oh, but CTU, we've got our own special line. <laughs> um, it's like, ooh, la, la. Um but the guy who's got to ruin it all, the Max Dawson. I don't even know who this character's name is. It's Max Dawson. Uh, yeah, he Max. rocks up and is like, see you later, Doug Savan. I'm off to go home <laughs> to my pregnant wife. No, Max Dawson, you've got to stay in and put in two hours of overtime. <laughs> oh, but sir, just do as you're told. But sir. I'm your- <laughs> but sir, I'm your boss. Oh, I'm going in the ventilation shaft. Um <laughs> They've gone in the ventilation shaft. Underrated Star Wars quote. They're in the ventilation shaft. <laughs> Good. Our first catch of the day. <laughs> Remember when Jack Bauer had a chainsaw? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you want that Fortune 500 at? This guy's on his thing. Do, 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 do. All of a sudden. Keep yourself with a chainsaw. Hi, Have you done I'm designated survivors. Keep for Sutherland. Hi, I'm Touches. Keep for Sutherland. The you fugitives. Keep for Sutherland. If you don't want me to chop your head off with this chainsaw. Uh... Hi, How I'm Keep gonna... Sutherland. You might know me from such TV commercials. <laughs> How long is it going to be before I am plus 500? Keep us <laughs> Yeah, 24 gets a reboot like 2026. Plus 500. Keep us <laughs> returning to TV. And he's got a chainsaw. <laughs> Can we make that on a t shirt? Just jack that. <laughs> Here's Keeper. <laughs> oh, please make that as know- a t shirt. Here's Keeper. You know- We've had a few of our designs removed, which I would, you know, argue maybe we shouldn't. I mean, when we're just using a font that is available for anybody to use and we mm. have a Star Wars shirt removed because of dialogue, fine. But do you know our um, Rene Russo, Pierce Brosnan, which campaign button was removed from our Public because it violated copyright? I'm like, it doesn't even have their full names on there. It simply says Russo Brosnan 
20 or whatever the year is 1999. And I'm like that somehow was violating copyright. Like that one I'm going to fight. Can, can you, yeah. Can you protest? Like, I mean, you can, yeah. Maybe Renee Russo is a name trademarked. I don't know. She should. Um, <laughs> she didn't. She didn't object to the Emilio one, or I think it's just Pierce. Pierce has a problem with us, no, and he shouldn't because we love him. Don't say that. Pierce doesn't have a problem with anyone. He just shared a post the other day, anniversary to his wife, like he does every year. Yeah, beautiful man. Did you see? Like he did some movie where he dressed up as an old man makeup. So yeah, he's got a, he's got his uh, his gray hair and everything. Yeah, beautiful man. P- oh. Kiefer and Pierce in a movie together. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Wouldn't you just melt in the heartstrings? Um, I don't know where we're up to. Chainsaws. And <laughs> oh, yeah. The um, secret phone lines. Let's, let's, uh, what sort of hotel is this? I'm going to disable the uh, fire alarms. Oh, it's on a grid of a system of a seven. I'll just go start cycling it. It's a fire alarm. Like, I mean, God, you don't change your battery and your smoke alarm every, like, three months. Like, you die. Like, I mean, do I have to cycle that down every three minutes? Oh, that's right. Max Dawson, shitty employee, he's all like, no, I'm going to go home. And then um, he overhears a conversation here because um, Gael starts bleeding. And then we find out that basically this has been accelerated, which, again, Michelle just, like, stands there while bleeding all over the place. All the blood. They went through a lot of fake blood packets this episode, but um, obviously this is... I guess you need a visual aid of how this is going yeah. to um, happen, you know, so we're going to have nosebleeds and skin lesions. This is monkeypox, basically, what were our next disease that we're about to face, apparently. Um, isn't it fun now that just every couple of years you get a virus and it's a new <laughs> virus? Yay! Um, so good old Max Dawson here, panic, so he runs and finds a gun and keys to a door um and as he's about to escape he holds a gun on michelle meanwhile he pulls the fire (laughs) and everyone comes running down to the lobby and i love how michelle says like desk clerk like hey um you need to uh to get over the intercom and tell everybody that it's a false alarm desk clerk doesn't do his job because everyone's in the lobby the next five minutes so don't know what's going on here um, so everyone's down there. Uh, we meet Danny, who is the irritable, uh, hotel person here, who he's off something. Danny, does is this he... guy look familiar to you? Scott Clace? No. no? I, I, Maybe... I bet he was designated survivor Scott Clace. Maybe he was in like Fortune 500. He was in the Pursuit <laughs> of Happiness. Um, NCS New Orleans. Good for him. Secret Life of the American Teenager. There he is. He must have played Uh, the American Teenager. Oh, he's in Sex Drive. I like that movie. Uh, He was in Nip Tuck, but he played a mourner. Like, I don't think I'm going to remember him from somebody in a funeral. Uh, The West Wing Invasion. Oh, that was an Eddie Cibrian show. Invasion. Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, Oh, he was in 24. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Reading all of his... Yeah, he's off something. Anyway, the point is he's all like, girl, girl, I want to leave. I'm like... This is what would happen in real life. Like, can you imagine being in a hotel all of a sudden, like, you've been told you can't leave? Like, we've just lived through yeah. two and a bit years of COVID where everybody's like, oh, I'm not wearing a mask. Oh, you can't lock me in my home. Like, fuck off. This is exactly what's going to happen. No, this isn't what's going to happen, though, because who wants to be woke up at 4.30 in the morning? If you get down to the lobby and they say, sorry, it was a false alarm, I'm going right back up to bed. Like, yeah, why are these true. people trying to get outside? Because <laughs> it's just, it's just that notion of, 
if somebody tells you you can't do something, there's always going to be somebody like like whatever. Like we've again seen this through COVID. This is my exact thought. Like if if literally right now Joe Biden or we're not Americans, it doesn't bother us. If Justin Trudeau tomorrow or Anthony Albanese, Australia's Prime Minister tomorrow, was like, right, everyone tomorrow, you are being given a million dollars. You have to take a million dollars. You would have like half. I don't want a million dollars. You don't tell me that I have to have a million dollars. No. I don't want it. Like, literally, that's what would happen. Um, so all these people in the lobby, they're going, oh, what are we doing? I love Michelle. Michelle's got a good excuse here. Like, oh, a virus has been spread outside the hospital, You uh, the hotel. You can't leave. You will die. Like, clever. Good job, Michelle. Uh, Max Dawson wants to escape, but he doesn't. Uh, so, you know, smart Max Dawson for once. Uh, actually, I didn't say that. Smart character on 24. Um, tweet me out there, Max Dawson. Um, and... I should mention one of the CTU bits was Chappelle uh, gave the order and said that if anyone tries to escape, shoot to kill. Like, yeah, yeah fair enough. I, if only this had happened, the Wuhan fruit bat market, we'd all be <laughs> fucking safe right now. Thanks, China terrorist unit. Um, good job. Was that racist? You're not allowed to call it the China virus. It started in China. It's a fact. I'm saying that if they had stopped the bat from the beginning then it wouldn't have spread. I'm not blaming China. It has started in China. Joe Biden wouldn't have to be tested daily if this didn't start in that market. I'm thinking of Joe Biden. Exactly. I'm thinking of the old white man. Uh, (laughs) Tweet that out, Max Dawson. That's all I said. (laughs) Oh, he said the old white man. He's your fucking president. Also, Max, you're white, okay? (laughs) You don't get to sit there and preach about racism. You are a straight white male. The same as me, my friend. We have no say in any of this. We are the the patriarchy or whatever it's called, all right? We don't get to say, like, this is, you don't get to sit there and be like, oh, no, I've got nothing. I better join in on the crowd. Like, shut up, all right? Okay, you're a white man, all right? We don't have thought. We don't know what racism is because we're white and we are racist. We don't suffer racism, so we can't talk about it. We're not entitled to. All right, shut up. Once, once, once upon a time, we just talk about twenty four. We just get angry, Colin. All right. <laughs> Noah started this, and I'm still putting up with this shit. Okay. Can we do our Patreon episode already, so I can really let lo- loose? Um. Danny or Dougie, what's this guy's name? <laughs> He's another Max Dawson, let's be honest. Uh, Danny, Danny Dawson is all like, no, I'm a Republican. <laughs> you can't keep me in. I don't know why he's a Republican. Um, <laughs> they're all evil, aren't they? I don't know. Um, I know Republicans. Some of them are nice. So he's all like, ah, I'm leaving. He smashes the window, which at this point doesn't matter if he escapes. He smashed the window. The virus has escaped. <laughs> if anything, you failed Michelle by not shooting him before he smashed the window. Yeah. Like Doris and homeless Jenkins sleeping outside on the bench. He's dead. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, it's, I don't, I can't, like, I honestly can't remember. Like if next week they say like, oh, the virus hasn't, because this whole episode they're going like, oh, seven quarts per inch of air is contaminated. Um, this is Bo from Science. It's contaminated. 
There's a me bus. <laughs> Can't have to tell. We just recorded our science recap now available on the Oz Network recently. Um, but then the, okay, I shouldn't be joking. Like this, this is a great scene. I love this scene. Potential top five because like this guy smashed the window. Michelle's got a gun. And basically, she's like, stop her, I will shoot. And he's all like, you're not going to shoot. And of course, we're thinking like, Michelle's not going to shoot an innocent civilian just because he wants to go outside and have a smoke. But nope. <laughs> bang, bang, dead. Bye-bye, Danny Dawson. Uh, cold-blooded cure for Michelle. Michelle's first ever kill. Good job, Michelle. Um, again, props to Rekha Ellsworth. Fantastic in this episode. But like the, what, the only criticism I have about this scene, nobody reacts. There's no screams. There's no anything. All these people have just been woken up by a fire alarm in their jammies. A couple of people are bleeding. Are just like, oh, that guy got shot. That's a bit of a shame. Like <laughs> right now, Colin, if there was like screams outside your house right now and you walked out and there was like every one of your neighbours was outside and then you had like the, the Mounties on horses were basically like, oh, no, eh, you can't escape the street. If you go down that street, you will die. And everyone's like, no, you can't tell me what to do. I'm Canadian. Please let me go. Sorry, sorry. Eh? And then like <laughs> Dudley Do-Right whips out his gun and is like, shut up, Max Dawson. Bang, dies. <laughs> You've gone from sitting on your chair recording a podcast and five minutes later seeing the murder of an innocent person by a law enforcement officer. Are you just going to be like, oh, it's a Tuesday. It's Canada. Yeah. It's a murder. Like, you've got to be shocked. But outside of that, this scene's epic. Like, again, Michelle murders someone for good reasons. Um, and Danny Dawson is dead. Poor old <laughs> Danny Dawson. He was too young. Um and also in little boxy cut screen things before the cliffhanger, we should say Gael's got some little lumps on his skin, so he's really going to die. Um, I love this scene. Potential top five. I, you said you've got a potential top five. Is this the scene yeah, you're Yeah, this is the about? one. Yeah, the Michelle shoot. Um, shot, shoot, whatever. Uh, yeah, no, the scene's amazing. Um, everything that goes on the hotel is great. And I think it's just the location too. I always... I always one of the things I've always loved about the season is that we get something outside of 24. We get this hotel becomes like a major location for the rest of the season. And it, it's kind of like the, you know, the war room from last season. It, it's something different. And uh, a, a lot goes on here. And this is probably one of the better things in the last third of this season. Um, so we're, we're kind of just the beginning here. And yeah, there's a lot of questionable things about it, but it, it's one of these things where you get to be placed in the real world and see how some of the real world response is like as Dumb as it is to have random guy here who just wants to leave his shift at 4 a.m., which, by the way, that, that's my complaint I have. Who works an 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. shift? Like, does that shift make sense? You then bring on the 4 a.m. to 12 p.m. shift. Like, I, I don't quite understand why it's like a peak hour where there's shift Cops. change over at 4 a.m. I mean, the police <laughs> chief is up to but start his shift he, at 4 a.m., I guess. Doesn't he mention something about like already been on overtime like maybe he finished at midnight but he got kept on i i don't know like i mean i think yeah he mentioned something because he's like i can't have yeah i just want to get home to his wife like his wife's sleeping too like you got a yeah, pregnant exactly. wife like my, my, my pregnant wife's a week overdue well she's asleep isn't she it's five yeah, exactly. 5 a.m you're, like, you're gonna get the call i mean you show up you open the door and climb into bed at 5 a.m she's gonna be more upset than if you stayed at work and she's let a podcast host she's always up late come on yeah, exactly. Uh, but but again, that's a minor complaint uh, aside. The so the 
the thing that I do like though, is that we have this response of character saying, well, I just got to leave. I have to leave, you know, uh, even as dumb as that other guy is. And no, I want to go outside. I've seen it advertised. You know? <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's, it's a real world situation. We're seeing this response. I think there is, even is a passing line saying, hold on a second. I'm seeing a lot of cars outside and there's people in hazmat suits and that's why they kind of want to leave. Um, I, I, I really do have to question though, again, <laughs> how logical it is that you have these hazmat crews there and they didn't bother to think let's plastic wrap this door. Let's put a little bubble around it. Cause isn't that what they normally, anytime we see this, I, I'd love to go back and, and watch the singers to see if they do the same thing. Like you're closing off the entrance doors just in case this happens. And I don't know why they're just like, don't they, worry, we locked it. It's a deadbolt. But this is where I think uh, it's the ineptness of CTU and Michelle because they keep saying about, oh, NHS isn't here yet. NHS isn't here yet. So, like, if anything, when freaking Nicole Duncan shows up, like, she should be, like, fucking ropeable. Like, like bitch, like, you've gone in and now fucking yeah. Denny smashed the window. Like, <laughs> you've just fucking killed LA. Like, you're going to yeah. jail. Like, I mean, like, it's like, again, this is how COVID happened. And like, also it's in the ventilation system. Like, you know, air has to, it has to vent somewhere, right? Like when you have forced air unit, it doesn't all just stay inside. Forgettable cracks in doors. Like I've got in my house, there's the ventilation shafts in the roof where your furnace will actually vent things to the roof. You know, I've got dryer vent. It all vents to the outside. The air doesn't just stay there. So shouldn't the first concern be it's in the ventilation system. Somebody close off the vents on the roof. Which, which. Solid point. We're, I didn't think about that. Yeah, but like again, we're getting something. I hate sometimes I hate nitpicking when I actually like we're getting because we're yeah. getting something. We're getting this real world scenario with with real stakes and drama and average. We're not just now worrying about the the, the safety of Claudia and a child. We're worrying about the safety of you know hundreds of people in this hotel. I, I also like I was saying about you know getting out of the hotel. When we were on our honeymoon, the, the alarm went off in the hotel and like Jamie sleeps like a rock. Like there is no way she's getting back with this hotel. We had one of those like giant bell alarms that were right above the, the bed. And this thing was going off for like two minutes. And I'm shaking Jamie. And I think I've told you the story before. I'm, I'm actually checking her pulse at one point. Because, like, she's not waking up. By the time she was awake and we started to get out the door, the alarm went off. I'm like, oh, I guess we can go back to bed. But like, I guarantee all those people who made it out of the hotel at three, four o'clock in the morning are like, good, you're calling this off. I'm going back to bed. Doesn't make any sense. They want to get outside unless it I is do, the suspicion of there's cars out there. I do love the fact that um, one of the two times Colin had sex, he set the fire alarm off. So, uh, <laughs> the guy doesn't do it much, but when he does, it's good. I, I, well, um, I mean, you also have to pinpoint Jamie was so sound asleep at that point. So couldn't have been that good. <laughs> you were literally just like, can I keep going? <laughs> is, this a, is this normal? Um, no, Colin, it's not. All right. Um, the, I, when I, the first place I stayed in at New York, there was um, one of the nights the the fire alarm went off, and this was like a it was it was kind of like a hotel Airbnb hotel thing. It was you know a combination of everything, and so like, this alarm's going off, and I'm going oh like and I'm on like the eighth floor, so I'm going like okay, so what happens? And I'm just like sort of looking around, and you sort of get up and. You open the door, and because like my room was kind of a couple of doors down from the kitchen, so I open the door, and there's some guy just standing there with like a pot, and he's like, going, "He's like, oh, okay, oh, it's all good, okay." And I'm like, "Are you a fire warden?" Like, I mean, like, you, so I'm sort of like, "I'm like, are you sure?" And, oh, yeah, okay, okay, and I'm just like, "Okay," and I'm thinking like, 
No one's screaming at me to get out. Um, like, I don't see Happens smoke. all the time, sir. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what happens in New York. Like, this is either one of those movies or TV shows where I'm going to get rescued by like, the FDMI on a ladder climbing up my eighth floor window or it's just, you know, Jenny in apartment set up the alarm. So, like, literally, like, the alarm goes on probably for a good half an hour to which, again, no one's telling me to get out or anything. The FDNY does show up because I hear these sirens on, like, the fire truck. I look out the window. I can see all these fire trucks in the street downstairs. But clearly it was a false alarm. They just couldn't turn the fire alarm off. But, like, no one <laughs> asked us to evacuate. So, Lord help me, if there was a real fire in that building, I was dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I have one other fire story here. Uh, I, I had an apartment once. And, again, it was, like, 4 or 5 in the morning. I was working a job where I got home at midnight. So, I wasn't in sleep till like 1 32 in the morning and the fire alarm's going off and i'm like i'm not getting out of bed i'm not going out of bed you know it's probably gonna be off within a minute a minute two minutes later fire alarm's still going off i'm like somebody just gonna shut that off next thing i know i hear the fire trucks come up i'm like time to get out of bed i get out of bed i open the hallway and the entire hallway is engulfed in smoke i'm basically covering my face to get out of there i was out of my apartment for like three hours or something like that turned out it was the apartment next door to mine they had dropped a candle on a mattress and set their apartment on fire they were (laughs) having sex (laughs) exactly my neighboring apartment caught fire and i didn't get out until the fire trucks came out and i probably almost died well what's amazing though is that they they had like obviously the hoses in there and everything and there were other apartments nothing in my apartment no burn marks nothing barely any smoke came in under the door very closely i almost died <laughs> but of I course think- i'm like i only got to bed at two o'clock in the morning i'm not getting well up. i'm glad you didn't die because we wouldn't be doing this right now and what a sad life that would be um but i think i've told this story before too again we've done over a thousand episodes of this show folks like i'm approaching my 1000th episode host of this i probably told every story and you go oh well it's ben's fire story again um but the yeah the only time i ever called triple zero which is our version of 911 was um it was boxing day and I was up late playing some video game I'd gotten for Christmas. This is when I was living with Louise in our apartment. And um, basically at one o'clock in the morning, like all day, we'd smelt smoke. Like all day. Like, oh, smoke? You smell smoke? No, okay. And there was like a, a, a house, like an apartment underneath our house. One o'clock in the morning, bang, bang, bang on the door. It's like, who the fuck's banging on our door at one o'clock in the morning? And like, you're thinking like, okay, probably should answer this. And it sounded like urgent. So you answer it. And it was like our neighbors from next door, we never met. And they were just like, oh, yeah, by the way, the side of your house is on fire. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I woke Louise up, stuck our head outside. Our neighbours had gotten a hose and were like, you know, whatever. So called triple zero. And that's one of those moments. I don't know if you've ever called 911, but you're taught it. You you know what to do, everything. But when you do it, you're like, fuck, what do I do? What do I say? How do I do it? What do I do? Um, So they came pretty quickly as well. And basically what had happened is somebody had obviously gone to visit the house underneath us at some point during the day and they weren't home. And they must have, for some reason, like probably hung outside their house and had a cigarette and they had extinguished the cigarette on like a piece of wood that was like connected to their front door. And somehow like an ember had like gotten inside and was slowly burning like all day. And then obviously at one o'clock in the morning, it started to go woof. And like, basically, I think the, the neighbors with the fire hose put it out. So as the firefighters came along, they like drew this big hose down there to like dampen it. And then they had some like infrared camera, which they could like look underneath to make sure nothing else was like on fire. So um, that was fun. But 
Could you have just was, responded to it? Yeah. And you woke me up at one o'clock in the morning well, and tell me that? <laughs> I, I was already awake. Like I'm a night owl. So, I mean, I'm recording this right now. It's 1234 AM. So like I'm, I'm a night owl. So luckily I was already awake. Um, but yeah. So anyway, Ben's told that story 400 times. We're an hour and 12 minutes, probably talked about 24 for about 30 minutes in this episode. Um, anything else to add before we wrap it up? Cause I think yeah, I mean, the, covered everything. The whole bleeding nose, bleeding eyes thing. I mean, it's a great visual. Again, it's like we've accelerated it now within one hour. Um, it's 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 an incredible like shocker moment. Even if it is kind of like, well, that's convenient now. It's only one hour. Uh, but yeah, that that final moment with Michelle shooting the guy, like it's it's such a great moment. And I feel like I, I I liked Michelle in season two, but she was still like you know background character. She served her purpose. Season three is just a lot of moping. I feel like this is the moment where Michelle got a character. And if we ever get Rika Ellsworth on here, I mean, we got to ask her about like you know when she when she really felt like you know this was something that she could make a career out of. It's not just going to be a guest spot and you're going to be killed off uh, after two three seasons or whatever. Because I feel like this is the moment where I always remember like, okay, Michelle is like, she is one of the characters. She's one of the important ones. She matters. You know, what Chloe's going to eventually come. I'll be curious to when is Chloe's moment where you're like, all right, this character, she's important now. You know, Tony's uh, obviously had the winning got shot in the neck. Uh, what? I don't know if I, I don't know if if you didn't do this with Michelle, if her character needs to be here in season four, season five. Yeah, it's it's a good point. I mean, yeah, I, I've always loved Michelle. Always been one of my favorite characters. I don't like. I don't really talked about it much, but I was like a mad crush on Rachel Ellsworth. She was on like some of my school books in like uh, year like ten. I think I like pictures of her on my homework diary and stuff like that. Cause I'm like, yeah, Michelle, Rachel Ellsworth, yes, please. <laughs> So, um, hence why I commented on her lovely leather outfit in this week. But Jack's looking good too. He hasn't been shot anywhere. Yeah. Just saying. He's not. A, he's Doug, not a pigeon. Doug, well, he's not. Doug's a vet. <laughs> sexy in his security suit. So, uh, I remember my um my one of my friends in high school. Uh, he used to watch Test for Housewives with me, and he was in love with Doug Savant. He's like, oh my god, he's so sexy. So, um, he, he appeals to all sexualities and genders. Doug Savant, he, that's a man right there. He's a, absolutely a man. Um, trivia: Stephen Saunders' name is revealed in the previously on Twenty Four for the first time before it was revealed during the course of the story. Uh, Michelle Desler mentions on the phone to Tony Almeida that there are seven other agents, including Gael Ortega, but there are actually eight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Thanks for counting. Uh, the wires at the anchor, the truck, and hood to the main body of the car can be seen during the explosion. Cool. Um, I am buying this episode, Colin. I am assuming you are based on your viewpoint of this episode. Yeah, I'm buying it. Um, I'm, I'm guessing I'm probably not going to rank it as high as you, but I think it's still a decent buy. Uh, where are you ranking it then? I've got it at 26. So this is right in between uh, season two premiere, which is at 27, and then episode five of season two. So um, I've got a couple of season three episodes higher than this, but uh, still it's a, it's a really solid episode, maybe on the lower end of my buys, but fantastic work. Good job, you, Ben. You, you, thank you, Colin. Um, you had episode 14, so the one from a couple of weeks ago, like in your top 10, didn't you? So that was your highest my highest of this season is still episode one, which I have, uh, The Phantom Menace, great movie, uh, in eighth. But I have ranked this. This is my second highest episode of the season, even above episode 14. I've got this in at 11th overall. I love this episode. It's just, it's just, wow. it's, 
like I think you said about like the hotel, which is everything about it just works. It's tense and you just, you on the edge of your seat. And you, even that I've seen this season, however many times I'm still like, wow, okay, what's happening? Oh my God, they're bleeding. Like, oh, he's getting out. Like, oh my God, Michelle just shot a guy. Uh, even like the Amador stuff. Like I forget how cool and clever this whole escape scene. We didn't really talk it up much, but like Jack's whole play here of tying Amador to a pipe and then he escapes and you think like, fuck, Jack's dumb. But then they're all like, nah, he's all that. Like it's smart. It's clever. The Palmer drama stuff's kind of cool, you know, chief of police, police or not. Like it's, it's great. And then just the ending, Saunders, like badassery, just, you know, really coming out and just proving why he's my favorite villain. Like, God, I just, I, I love this episode. I think it's a great episode. So yeah, nearly in my top 10. Uh, but I've got this at 11th overall out of, we are up to 64 episodes. Colin Hilding, there you go. There you go, indeed. <laughs> um, Thank you. And good ranking, Ben. I'm glad you like this episode. <laughs> I'm glad I like it too. <laughs> Didn't realize we comment like this at the end. This is getting weird. <laughs> um, next week, moving, uh, getting closer to daylight again. Are you excited for daylight? It's very soon. Daylight is going to obviously be a very important episode. We're only two episodes away from the episode, Colin. The episode. Oh, mm. yeah, the, the the break of daylight. Yes. The the episode that will give us the number one moment of this season and possibly the number one moment in all of 24. Um, yeah. uh, an incredible episode. That's two away. But before we get to that, uh, next week, uh, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. So uh, I will just read the synopsis according to 24 Wiki. Michelle Dessler talks one last time with a dying Gael Ortega. More guests at the hotel start show symptoms. Jack Bauer discovers that the perpetrator has worked with him before and was presumed dead. <gasps> da, da, da. President David Palmer gets his first and second assignments from... The man. <laughs> I love how they're still calling him <laughs> the man. He's not the not British, the British man, man anymore. <laughs> oh, that's the thing when you wake up like, oh, I'm sick of working for the man. Um, Jack and Chase Edmonds encounter trouble oh, when following up on a reliable lead and Tony goes through a tough time dealing with the fact that his wife may die due to being... I shouldn't laugh at that, but I just love it. It's like, Tony goes through a tough time. Oh, <laughs> Tony. Sitting there on his desk, crying, and then Kiva Sutherland walks in. Tony, have you tried Fortune 500 power? <laughs> chainsaw. Uh, <laughs> he's got a chainsaw. It's so funny. Um, stay tuned. That's next week. And uh, other great shit that's happening on the Oz Network. <laughs> other great shit, our actual tagline. <laughs> Uh, I believe uh, this week is our last week for our uh, 2002 anniversary month, my big fat Greek wedding, which is fun and good and Greek and Winnipegian, which is <laughs> good. Winnipegger. It is, is that what good. What is it? What is somebody from Winnipeg called? Winnipegger? Win- Winnipegger? Sure. Uh, <laughs> Pegger. Let's call that. <laughs> <laughs> You have Pegger in your name. That's funny. Um, and Breaking Bad, we're getting very close to the pointy end of that. Of course, uh, Better Call Soul wrapped up a week or so ago, but we're still talking about Breaking Bad, uh, the last few episodes of that as well. So uh, get pumped, get excited. Are you still listening to them, Colin, or did you give up on them? I Well, I, I'm a little bit behind on when it's being released. I think uh, we're like episode eight or nine now. I've, I'm, I'm on about episode three uh, of season well, five, so a couple weeks well, back. Time Still listening. Recording, you should say that, but uh, yes, good job. Uh, but we'll be back more 24, everything else. Stay tuned. Listen to our other shows because they're better. 
Um, and if you want to tweet some abuse out this week, at uh, Max Dawson. I actually don't know his um, Twitter handle. It's probably like, at I'm a stupid idiot with a dumb beard. So, yeah, just tweet that. I'm <laughs> sure you'll get some traction with that. Uh, my name is Ben, and get out of my sight. And my name is Colin. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>